Welcome to another edition of Unplugged. It's been a little while between episodes for us, but it's been a very different build-up to the 2021 opening game of the men's season to what it was 12 months ago. We went into lockdown in the week uh, immediately after our round one game against North Melbourne. There were no crowds announced about four days prior to that match, and there was tremendous uncertainty. There's always uncertainty as we enter a season anyway, but at least this time it feels a bit more normal despite the fact that we appear to lose as a player every day leading up to uh, the opening game of our men's season. Uh, the AFLW season has progressed a little bit, unfortunately, for the girls after a bright start with that win against the Western Bulldogs. Things have fallen away a little bit for them, but great to have both sides operating in unison at the moment and great for the, the boys to get out there and potentially defend their finals run of last year and build it in a difficult game against the Giants. Obviously, they, we were the last team they played in a home and away game when they were fighting for their season and we were fighting for ours. We came up trumps on that occasion, got into a finals campaign, won a final against the Western Bulldogs who looked pretty sharp again and then fell to the eventual Premier Richmond where ready to roll on a pretty wet Sydney 150 mil of rain scheduled today at the, the time of our broadcasting on a Saturday and on game day I think another 45 to 50 mil expected there as well which will nullify somewhat the loss of our tools but uh, midfield obviously feeling the pinch as well but we'll pull all of that apart as we build up towards that contest. H first of all nice to be uh, alongside of you again and, and nice to be talking footy with a, a degree of normality there'll be crowds along teams can travel relatively freely and, and touch wood that continues. Yes, nice to see people back at the game. It was, it was completely different watching Thursday night, Friday night going, I oh, know it's a real crowd now. It's not Channel 7, Channel 7 someone in the booth pressing a button. It, 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 it just had a completely different feel to it. I mean, yes, it's only half full, but it, it's half full by 50% more crowd than, or 100% more crowd than last year. So it's... Great to see, um, but yeah, we have to wait till next week though, which would have been nice to have had the first week back here, but yeah, we look forward to going next week, which will be great. Yeah, for uh, for Spud's game, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, but but Nick, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have it back. We, as I said, 12 months ago, we, we didn't know if that would be the only time we would play for the entire year. It actually looked that way for a while. Um, at least now it's it, it does have that feel about it that, uh, you know, we've got a full, a full campaign to look forward to and, and one that we should certainly look forward to. Yeah, that's right. And, and I think, you know, we have to give credit to, to the AFL and, and to all the clubs for, for getting the season back up and running last year and, and finishing it out and, and having a, a final series and a grand final and, and a premier. Uh, you know, it was pretty impressive when you compare against some of the other sports around the world, what, what, what the AFL was able to do. But yeah, it's nice to, to get back to some normality. Um, you know, we were at the, at the, the, the footy for the, the AFLW, the Saints Bulldogs game in, in round one and uh, went to the Saints Blues um, preseason game a, a couple of weeks ago. And, and it was just, it was a little bit weird at first to be back in in you know decent crowds again, but um, it was it was nice and and can't wait to be back at, at the footy with uh, with full crowds should, should we get there. We'll look at the game first of all. The Giants, as you say, they they needed to beat us by about ten goals in the final round last year to, to make the finals. That was put out of the equation pretty early, and we ended up beating them by about that margin. And it was a, a great night of triumph. It was one of the highlights of last year. Was that fixture that was at the Gabba, of course. We played them in Sydney. They're, they're still a pretty good list. That they've got a few players out, but our casualties most notably. So uh, we knew we wouldn't have Brad Crouch for the first couple of games of the season due to his suspension. 
suspension that was handed out by the Adelaide Crows prior to his departure. But um, uh, we'll obviously look forward to, to getting him in action against Essendon in, in round three. Uh, Geary got injured around about the time that we were probably last recording. Um, a lengthy uh, injury with a, a broken leg, but he should still be back in the first half of the season. James Frawley did the hammy in that Carlton game pretty badly. Ben Patton broke his leg uh, after being tackled by Jared Ruffhead in a practice practice little hit out at training. Uh, Rowan Marshall, the stress fractures in the foot, uh, hopefully only a, a, the first couple of games. Dan Hanabry with the ongoing soft tissue issues. Uh, Ryan Burns obviously got injured as well uh, with a hammy. Zach Jones, we thought was probably going to get up uh, with a calf, but, but not quite. Uh, and we know obviously that... Um, Paddy Ryder uh, will obviously miss a period of time. We're not sure exactly how long that will be uh, due to, to personal reasons. And we certainly fully understand those and, and wish him all of the best and, and hopefully get him back sooner rather than later and nice and refreshed. And, and then obviously Max King with a freak accident where he was hit in the head by a golf ball. And uh, who would have thought that the AFL would introduce a rule and St Kilda would be the first team to, <laughs> to, to feel the effects of it with a 12 day mandatory can concussion so walking wounded a little bit but I can't help but feel Nick that when I look at the lineup that we still have available on paper that we can still very much win this game absolutely I mean I think you know we can get sucked into that that injury list and, and the players that are out but you look at at whatever the 22 that, that we set out or 23 I guess um, that, that we put out tomorrow Sunday afternoon when, whenever you listen to this podcast um, there is a lot of quality still there. You know, you, we're getting guys like Jay Gresham back who didn't play the, the second half of last year. Um, Tommy Highmore, who, who's shown a fair bit coming into the into the squad. Um, you know, there, there is a lot of talent there. And, and Jack Higgins, you know, who we didn't have last season. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of skill. And, uh, and you know, th- this team should still be able to compete week in, week out, even, even with the injuries that we've got. Yeah, it's probably going to be, when you look at the lineups from the last game last year, it's probably going to be, eight, nine, even more changes for each team. So as much as we're looking going, yeah, we've lost players and that, they're going to be a completely different side as well. It's it's almost like the rain's bringing it back to level pegging. The changes in each side's bringing it sort of back to level pegging. It's it, Do we still consider saying, okay, well, if both teams have almost suffered the same amount of loss, do, do we still feel like we're that... 50-point better team than what they were at the end of the season. But start of the new season, you sort of look at it and go, okay, yep, it's it's, it's level pegging to start off. But, yeah, it's going to be a really tough one to pick. You go, I, I, quietly confident, but at the same time, it's GWS, it's in Sydney. It's, yeah, they, they could quite easily come out and beat us quite, quite comfortably. So it's sort of one of those games that you toss a coin to work out the – the bookies seem to think we're the underdog at the moment, but we could quite easily beat them again, quite easily. Depends how good they are. They're, they're a hard side to, to read. I mean, they, they've always had a lot of talent. They still do. I mean, it's their first game post Jeremy Cameron's departure to the, the Cats. Uh, Whitfield, obviously out of that side. Daniel's a pretty handy small forward who's out of that lineup. I, I rate Riccardi pretty highly too, who's, who's not playing. Their, their ruck stocks are uh, hit pretty hard. But I mean, you, you look at Toby Green, you look through the middle with Cornelio and Hopper and, and all of the, the players that they have generally running through that, that part of the ground 
around defensively with, with Davis. Obviously, Heath Shaw retired in the offseason as well, so he's not there having played against us in that game towards the end of last year. When I say retired, I don't think he was absolutely keen to to go. I think it was part of him that wanted to stay, but it depends what we expect from them as a group. They're, they're a team that can look amazing or they can look pretty ordinary and they end up finishing. I mean, they, they had four or five finals campaigns in a row where they played really well in finals, a prelim and then a granny um, ran into Richmond on both occasions. So do they still have bullets left in the gun or are they moving another way now? It's, it's, it's really hard to say. I think we're clearly tracking a certain way. It's just hard to know whether they're still doing that or not. If, if they're still up and around the mark, then clearly they're going to be pretty dangerous. But yeah, that, that midfield is important, particularly in the in the wet. I mean, it's going to be a low-scoring grind. It's it's contested ball, and we like to move the ball pretty quickly. That That's not going to be suited by the conditions, but so do they. They're, they're a skillful, slick moving team uh so it's really just going to be a, a case of who handles it who handles it better and, and maybe our small forward options might be able to grind out a, a winning score for us i mean it's it's easy to remember uh, easy to forget i should say how how good gws were before last season and and you talk about the, the direction that the two clubs are tracking in and, and clearly you know we're on an upwards trend but it is really hard to tell whether the Giants are on a downwards trend or 2020 was just a blip. And, and it's really hard to tell because 2020 was tough for so many clubs and so many different people in, in how they were able to handle it. And I don't know if either of you guys have watched the, uh, the Making the Mark documentary on, on Amazon, but that GWS club looked like a club in crisis for a lot of the year. Um, Stephen Cornelio, the, the captain, is clearly a better player than, than the guy that we saw last season. Um, and, and before last year, you know, we, they were known for their their contested ball, their ability to win the ball in the clinches, in, in the contest, and, and feed it out to, to those silky, you know, smooth movers that, that you mentioned earlier, Paco. Um, and, and last season, they just didn't show that. They, they didn't look hard. They didn't look tough. They didn't look strong in the contest. Uh, so, you know, is it that is it that grand final hangover that the team seem to suffer when, when they play Richmond in, in finals? Or, or was it just a down year and, and strike it to, to COVID and, and you know they're going to be back. There's plenty enough talent on that list for them to worry. Most clubs in the AFL. It's just a matter of whether they can put it all back together or not. One thing you look at is sort of that last game. They kind of maybe didn't take the opportunities of when they had the ball. Didn't finish off nicely. Didn't just didn't have that polish that they've had previously. The you look at it, they had 44 more possessions and 35 more marks than what we had, and we still won by 52 points. So. It's can't say that we didn't, I guess, give them the opportunity to stay in the game. It just seems that our pressure obviously gave made them turn the ball over. Our pressure made them lose the ball. Our pressure just gave them basically nothing, nothing for them to use and to go forward with. Or we we beat them at their own game. Really, yeah, what they yeah, what they were known for was, was was winning the ball, putting the pressure on, and then moving it quickly once once you win it back around half back or through the middle, moving it quickly and, mm. and hitting up those forwards. Um, and, yeah. and we did it that night and, and we kept them. You know, the only way that they could keep the ball was to chip it around half back and, and try and keep it off us. But, um, you know, we, we were clearly a class above in, in that game. And, you know, I think even at, at times that that 52 points or whatever it was, was potentially generous to the Giants. You know, we, we were really that much better than them that day. But like, like I said before, it's hard to tell if that's the real GWS unit, you know, to expect this season or, or if they're back to their, 
you know, prelim grand final type form. They'd be quite disappointed, I think, if they came out and had a, had another showing like that, though. But, I mean, there might only be 52 points scored in the whole match, so I don't think we're going to win by that much again. Uh, Jake Carlos, uh, the interesting one, obviously, around the future with, with Highmore's. Uh, we'll, we'll preface this by saying that uh, we're recording this an hour or so before the teams are dropped, but it is a, a fairly strong hunch that, that Jake Carlisle might not be in that that lineup, uh, Tom Highmore uh, will debut, and that's another point. You don't want to go too tall, particularly with Riccardi not playing. So it's another matchup that you don't have to worry about at the other end. So if, if someone was to say a few years ago when he was recruited or a couple of years ago that we would have nine of our best 22 out, plus Dylan Robertson would have retired, uh, plus we would have you know a couple of fringe players that are also unavailable and we would have delisted guys like Logan Austin at the end of last season and Carlisle can't get a game in our best 22, even playing forward in, in King's absence. Um, it's just a little bit about, I guess, where he's at at the moment uh, as, a, as a player on our list. Obviously, we missed him severely in the final against Richmond uh, and he would have 100% played in that game had he been available. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting because there was talk all along from people at the club that Frawley was well ahead of Carlisle. And then when Frawley goes down, it's still not Carlisle. It's Highmore that comes mm. in. I, I wonder if it's purely a, a matchup thing this week. Possibly. Because, you know, they've, they've lost Cameron and their forward line is full of those kind of medium tools now. You know, you've got Finn Layson and, and some of the, the other guys, Norbert, Toby Green, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And, and you know, is, is there a really good matchup for, for Jake Carlisle this week? I think... You know, Dougal Howard's clearly the more the more mobile key defender that, that we have, and and you know, had we been playing Richmond with with a Rewalt and and Lynch, then you go, well, Carlisle's got to come in surely, but against some of those kind of, it's it's a pack of kind of third talls and smalls in, in that GWS forward line at the moment, and they're all mobile, they can all move pretty well, they're all agile um, and quick around the ground, and and Carlisle doesn't really have a matchup in, in that regard, so. You know, I wonder if it's just one of those ones where Carlisle has a role to play, but it's just a matter of playing that role in, in whatever week that, that he's required to do so. Yeah, if, if maybe even better weather conditions, the whole bringing him in for King may have been an option, but they've looked ahead and gone, no, the small forwards is probably what the key is going to be this week. So we've got enough tall forwards for tomorrow. Um, but it's, yeah, having better weather may have looked and gone, okay, let's exploit their forward line, go in tall with what we can get. But yeah, just may have pushed their hand to say, no, we can't play him. Plus I never like makeshift forwards. It's just, that's one thing that I've, I've never liked. I mean, I don't mind if you've got a defender in a game that you throw forward. We've seen it, you know, Harry Taylor at Geelong, where if he starts forward, he struggles, but if you throw him forward for a quarter, he's good. Um, we saw that with Carlisle when he was at Essendon or even with us. So I think if you start non forwards forward, it almost never works. It's sort of a surprise tactic. I'd rather just say, look, well, Max King's not playing, pick another forward. Even if the other forward is smaller and you just got to restructure, just play your forwards forward Mason Wood or, or something along those lines and and back in Higgins and Loney and Butler and and Membry and then these guys to to kick you the score rather than trying to to reinvent the wheel in in those situations but yeah great for for Highmore he's not the only debutant obviously Hunter will clearly play with 
Ryder and Marshall out. And, and we miss those guys a lot. I mean, the Giants aren't the strongest ruck division in the league, but that's why you miss them. Because as much as we play Max Gorn next week, which will be a problem, uh, you think about, say, Rowan Marshall, even with his physicality, what he might have been able to do against that type of lineup. He'd be a reasonable wet weather ruckman, I think. So um, that hurts a little bit. Uh, matchups for Toby Green, because I would think option one would have been Patton and option two would have been Geary. So yeah. uh, we're going to figure out what we're going to do on that one. So. I think it has to be Wilkie. I mean, Wilkie's the, yeah. the obvious one. Uh, I'm not really sure who else it, it would. I mean, maybe Highmore. I, I'm not sure what he's like against the the pure kind of small ground ball defenders. It's a big ask um, for Webster potentially too. It is. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I like Webster. I like that he goes hard at it, but he's not a lockdown defender. He's not, mm. he's not the guy that you're going to want to play on a Toby Green or a Charlie Cameron or, or Eddie Betts, you know, informal, you know, one of those guys. He's, he's the guy that you want to feed the ball out to at halfback to deliver it you know, through the middle to the wing, et cetera. Um, he's, got a, he's got a great left foot, but he's not your, your lockdown defensive type small small defender. Um, and I'd much rather have him put further up the ground if he's going to play. But it comes down to personnel and, and who's available and, and what they think. You know, maybe, maybe Wilkie wants to play off Finn Layson and they keep kind of keep um, Dougal Howard on the last line of defence and, and run... Wilkie off him. I don't, I don't know, but I, I would certainly, if it was up to me, I'd be, I'd be earmarking Cal Wilkie for, for Toby Green. That's the, the big dangerous matchup for us this week. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And um, look, he's the, the Giants are a much better side when he plays. He missed a lot of games last year at crucial stages for them. So, uh, how are, how are our confidence levels, H? Starting with you, like I've, I've still got that feeling that we'll uh, we'll go okay. I'm not saying we'll, we'll we'll definitely win the game, but we're still riding it up to our ears. As I said, I was surprised when I saw that uh, sports bed where all the bookies had us outsiders to begin with by how far it was. I was sort of a bit. Okay, I thought I was expecting it to either be pretty like pretty even money or us just outside. But I, I mean, Sydney away first week, you're always going to get that uh, away game odds out. Um, but we found that we we travel all year last year and we made finals. It's not that we can't do it. We even left their hub where we were when travel and won twice in a row. It's yeah, it, it's not. Beyond us, that's absolutely sure. Um, as I, this weather's going to bring us bring the game back completely to quite a, a bit of a level pegging, and yeah, it's it's just going to be who the which team gets in first and gets the first use of the ball and pushes it forward. I mean, you push the ball out of the center and get the, that clearing kick. It's it's going to take two kicks to get back. It's that first scrubber kick out of out of a spot's going to be hard to get, but if you do intercept the mark out of the center center kick, finding that target from there is it's still not going to be an easy thing to do. So, just just making ground, pushing the ball forward, getting that first usage is the key to the game. Steel is someone we're going to be looking for tomorrow. Saying, get in there and get us that ball. Just lead, lead us, get us the ball. Get it out of there and push it our way. That that, that there's the first thing that we need to do. Um, but their midfield, as as we're saying, we know that they're good at that. So yeah, we just got to make sure that we're the ones who are winning the ball first thing. You, you talk about the odds, and and I was really surprised when I saw those odds, and even even now, you know, St Kilda two dollars twenty five, GWS one sixty five ish, you know, around the mark. But 
yeah, I, I think there's a fair overreaction to that that personnel issue that, that we've got at St Kilda at the moment. But this this is what Rats and, and Gags and Leftlean and, and the team have been building this squad for for the last two or three years for depth. We knew that depth was an issue two years ago. We knew that you know, our good players were pretty good, but we didn't have a lot in that middle rung of, of, of depth. You know, the guys that could be filler players could come in when required. We have that now. And you look at, like I said at the top of the show, you look at the, the 22 or 23 who are going to line up tomorrow, um, and, and it's a pretty decent lineup. And, and I think this should be this should be closer to 50-50 uh, than, you know, 40-60 going, going GWS as well. I think this is definitely a 50-50 game, especially with the weather, like you said, H. You know, all it, all it can take is, is one quick kick out of the centre and, and a chest mark inside 50, um, in the last quarter, you put it put a team up, and and that's the game. It's you know we're we're talking potential for this to be a couple of points um, rather than a couple of goals or ten goals like like last year. Um, I, I certainly think that there's some value in in the Saints, and and don't write us off. I think it's exciting for everybody. I think uh, the game and people were looking forward to this for a long time. To you know. Get back to the MCG, Marvel. We're at you know, the showgrounds this week. Um, I think you know, the public are looking forward to it, and yeah, you know, I think whether you're women, you know, the men, the kids, everybody, I think it's just going to be great for the for everybody and the excitement. And uh, yeah, our group's looking forward to it. Some of the other logistical things too. Obviously, Melbourne next week, which is the first home game, a great chance for supporters to get back to the footy properly. I know there are a lot there at the Carlton game uh, for the, the pre-season, but it is also Spud's game. We've spoken at length about the importance of that message. Uh, everybody listening to this podcast, or at least the majority, we do get some neutrals that listen, but the majority of St Kilda supporters, and we don't have to explain to you Danny Frawley's legacy at our football club. That's an obvious one as a, as a legend and, a, and a, our long serving captain until Nick Rewald obviously took that mantle towards the back end of his career and uh, it's great that the club which couldn't quite do what it wanted to do last year because it was scheduled to be I think round two or three when we played West Coast uh, and then obviously we went into lockdown to be able to officially honour Spud with a game and, and the message that he always puts through which is to seek help and, and put your hand up and don't suffer in silence. So, so that's clearly the message and the theme that comes out of that game, that there'll be a lot of his former teammates and, and close friends along, and we'll hopefully chat to at least one, maybe a couple of them in the lead up to, to next week's match to, to help spread that message. Be it guys that we might've spoken to previously is like a Stuart Lowe or somebody like that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll continue to, to push that message for as long as we possibly can to, uh, to help honor uh, Danny Frawley's legacy. And, and support his family and all of those that also might be going through uh, similar problems along the way. So, so that was something that did come out of it, Nick. That uh, that is an important little side note of, of next week's game. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a it's a, a wonderful honour for, for Spartan and for his family and the legacy that, that he leaves behind. And and for us as a club, you know, I think we we've always been that inclusive, caring family sort of community club. And and I think. You know, every year it seems that, that we keep getting better at this sort of stuff. And, and you, you know, we, we know how important Spud was to, to all of us um, you know, as fans and as a footy club, as an AFL community. Spud was, was loved around the league, around the country. Um, but I, I dare say there'll, there'll be some stomach churning and some consternation around the, uh, the, the, suburban, the suburban, you know, Jewish St Kilda fans, of which, of which there are a lot, with, uh, with Spud's game coming on the, the night of, first night of Passover and, and there'll be a lot of families that uh, that want to be 
know, they'll want to be getting together for their their family tradition for the first time in a couple of years as well. And um, I think there'll be a lot of hand wringing about what do uh, what do the Jewish fans do on uh, on that night. That's a very interesting dilemma that you uh, you do raise. One that, that that might not have been entirely uh, entirely factored in. But I'll ask that question to you, Nick. How are you spending Saturday night? Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's a, it's a very good question, and I think under under normal circumstances, I I would be at the game. But I think this time, you know, it's been a few years since we had the opportunity sure. to spend that time as a family together, and and you know, with a with a three three and a half year old. Um, you know, trying to, to you know, instill those family values and, and all those things that, that I think Spud loved, you know, spending time with the family and with your kids and, and having those, those family traditions and, and all those sorts of things, that, that's pretty important. And unfortunately, I, I don't think I'll, I'll be at the game next week, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty important one. And I, I hope that Spud's game is, is a tradition that we're still talking about in, in 10 years and, and we'll all be at every year. H, uh, I imagine you're keen to think I saw that you were in the category one or something like that to, uh, yeah. to, to land tickets. Yep. Yeah. Well, I've, I've booked the night in saying I'm, I'm out of the house. So I'll be, yeah, I'm a couple, a couple of options to grab tickets. So I'm just working out which way is the best way to go. I might even, I don't know, book both and then see if one, someone wants the one I don't need, but yeah, we'll see how we go and make sure I get at least one of them. Um, but yeah, definitely be there, and yeah, just just itching to get back into it. That's, um, I think the I can't remember last time I actually went to Marvel. It, it's I I can't even think back to 2019 which games were there and which where I did see, um, and who I saw and that. So it's it's just so feels so long ago now that it's yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a bit I reckon it's gonna be a bit of a strange feeling actually going back. Because it's, it's just been so long, so yeah, just look at the. I, I guess the voice is going to cop a bit. So, <laughs> it's, what, yeah, what well, was weird a, a couple of weeks ago going to that that Carlton game was that feeling being on the train and walking off the the station off the platform at at uh, at Marvel and and up the concourse with with you know, a thousand or, or a few thousand other people. That was you know something we haven't done for for twelve months and. Um, to be surrounded by that many people in, in one place was an, an odd feeling, but again, it was kind of everyone was in that same that same position, that same mindset. But it was a bit odd, but thankful that we could do it again and, and do it together. It was, um, it's a really weird, cool, bizarre feeling. It's um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that trend continues, and and you know, over the next few weeks and months, that more than more than fifty percent attendance can, can be there. I was going to say I'm, going, I'm expecting twenty five thousand Saints fans because Melbourne <laughs> fans don't travel to Marvel, so no, they don't. They uh, the uh, they don't serve don't serve uh, caviar and and cheese boards at, at Marvel Stadium, so they haven't quite uh, been, been accustomed to to that venue uh, just yet. But uh, it'd be great to to sit with everybody, and if it is a little bit fresh next Saturday night, because it's been unseasonably cold of late uh, around the land, uh, a couple of people can do it a little bit more comfortably on the back of our giveaway that we have been running over the last uh, few weeks, uh, probably since our last episode. Thanks to our friends at Original Ugg Boots, originalugboots.com.au. We did have a pair to give away to a couple of uh, lucky podcast subscribers and uh, listeners. Uh, to Jan Casey, who's a, a great uh, St Kilda fan. Jan, congratulations. Uh, we'll uh, hopefully get in touch with you shortly. 
And also, Anthony, I'm going to have a crack at your surname, Avita Billy. Hopefully, we've uh, we've got that correct. Apologies if not, and our apology can come in the form of a pair of uh, of our boots if we did get that incorrect. So we'll uh, we'll get those out to you very very shortly as well for uh, for for you guys. So congratulations, and hopefully we can knock over a few more giveaways over the course of the coming season. A reminder about all of our social platforms. You can uh, follow us uh, via Facebook, uh, via Twitter, and, of course, on Instagram as well. So get around all of that. There are probably others. Nick, I'm, I'm not huge on all of the modern social media. How else can people get involved? And, and also the, uh, the, the the podcast channel, if they want to check out all of our old episodes, which go back to uh, the week Alan Richardson was sacked. That's right. That, that was the first week, wasn't it? The uh, the week that Richard was sacked. That was our, our first episode a couple of years ago. But no, you, you're pretty much spot on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a YouTube channel where all, you can catch all of our interviews with uh, former players, administrators, coaches, etc. Um, and obviously our, our podcast website, unplugged.captivate.fm. Uh, if you scroll down to the bottom, you can join that mailing list and make sure that, uh, that you never miss out on, on uh, one of those feature interviews again. Looking at the season overall for, for us here, uh, where have you got us, H, if you were to put a range for us? I, I never sort of go exact positions. I sort of usually go four or five position ranges and maybe some of the key awards. I mean, Jack Steele dominated our club awards last year with the best and fairest. Does that happen again? And leading goal kicker, which will be interesting because last year you sort of had Butler, King, Membry, those sort of guys floating around in that. You'd imagine they're the, the main three, but there are others certainly that uh, could potentially kick a few. Uh, how are your awards or how, how do you see your award structure? Um, I, I feel pretty similar to last year. That That top six, I think, is where we should situate, whether it be be nice to sneak into the top four and get that second chance the first week. I mean, try and take on one of these top couple of teams and go, all right, let's have a real crack at them. If we don't win, hey, we've got next week still. We go into, yeah, I mean, we've showed we could win a knockout final last year. So that was, that was handy to know as well. So, yeah, uh, top six, but top four would be a great – Great effort by the team. Um, BDF, I think Jack Steele takes it out again. He's going to lead the way this season. Um, uh, maybe a couple of surprises joining him. I mean, I think we'll see a few few roles change a little this year. I can I, I can see Brad Hill being a lot more um, influential in the team this year. He he could sneak a second or third or something or other or. Um, just just really pick himself up and go. Hey, this is what I've. That's what I was brought here for. So he he, he could be a challenge to Steele if he plays as well as we know he can. Um, but I think Steele would be odds on favour at the moment. Um, but goal kicker, I, I I think King's ready to actually start taking a few more. I mean, if he can get up around the forty mark this year, it'd be great. Um, forty forty five. Hold on to twice as many marks as he did last year. And yeah, he's, he's, the marks are going to start falling soon. He's going to take them. He's going to make really, he's, he'll tear apart a team apart at some point this year. He'll kick a six or seven or something at one point. I'm sure of it. So it's just a matter of when it happens. If he getting done early in the season, then he might have a few. So yeah. So 40, 45 goals from King would be a really good return for him. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I agree with most of that. I, I think 
the, the difference is, if you'd asked me a, a month ago, then I would have said top six and top four is, is certainly that goal. I, I know it's a, a really tough schedule, but, you know, with, with the list that we've got, then top four is, is certainly, you know, certainly achievable. Having said that, you know, these, these first three weeks, if we want to be a top four team, we have to win the first three games of the season, GWS, Melbourne, Essendon. They're very winnable games. But having those outs and those personnel issues, you know, Marshall and, and Ryder out um, and Geary and Patton, I think they're, they're really big outs. And it makes, as, as much as these three weeks are feel very winnable, it makes those, those three games that we need to win for top four aspirations, makes them that much harder. Um, and so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, kind of bottom half of the eight, somewhere between six, six and eight. Um, I've got a, I've got a seventh at the moment, um, but the ability to, to really cause some, some damage in, in finals should, should we be there? Um, leading goal kicker, I, I agree. I think, you know, assuming that Max just misses the one week with, with this concussion, that that he comes back fine and, and fit and firing, I think you're right. I think he, he, he. Uh, ripped some teams apart this year. He, he showed glimpses last year. I think he kicked 22 goals or something for the season around that, that mark, um, which, which was a really good return. And he showed, he showed his talent in spades. But I think this is the year that, you know, he, he really rips a few teams apart, kicked those bags of four or five or six, like, like you said. And yeah, you know, 40 or 50 goals is, is not outside the realm of possibility. If, if King can, can hold a few of those grabs that he, he dropped, he, he took, a few of those really difficult ones and dropped a few of the really simple ones. And, and if he can correct that, then I think that, uh, that that he's our leading goal kicker probably by a fair bit. I think that the rest of the goals will be shared between the likes of Membry and Butler and Higgins and Loney. Uh, and, and for the first time in, in a long time, we have a lot of options in terms of goal scoring, but, but Max King is clearly the, the focal point when he's in there. He's the, the go-to man inside 50. Um, Bessie Ferris is, you know, you, you mentioned Jack Steele and it's hard to bet against the guys, you know, third in a, in a Brownlow. Uh, he's clearly our, our prime move in the middle, but you're right about Brad Hill. This is, this is kind of the year he's got to bounce back after last year. He's got you know, full-length quarters. He's back on the on, on the, the home turf at, at Marvel. Um, and, and he's got a point to prove, I think, after last year's down here. Uh, but there, there's a few others. I think Jade Gresham another one who, who kind of showed his talent and showed that he's got a lot of talent in, in a weaker side, you know, over the last few years. And now we've got a stronger midfield, a stronger forward line and a stronger defence as well. You know, this could be his, his breakout year as well to, to show that he can be a star of the competition. And, and if I was going to pick a smoky for that best and fair role, it'd probably be Jade Gresham and, and maybe a little bit on uh, Dougal Howard because I think that he just leads that back line. Um, and, you know, it has become a real... Yeah, in just in just twelve months, has become a real leader of the footy club already. Yeah, I think the the range for us needs to be sort of four to eight, somewhere around about that that mark. I mean, you, you've mentioned a lot of the guys already. I mean, Brad Hill, the natural improvement in him. Tim Membry, I think, is a player that will benefit from longer quarters and and more football back at Marvel. He's he's the guy that uh, generally runs out games pretty well, uh, kicks goals sort of late in quarters and and late in matches, and I think that will certainly help him turn ones into twos and threes and fours and and be a much better player for us. Obviously, Gresham playing in the back half of the the year last. 
last year would have made a difference. Obviously, getting him in, hopefully, right from the the whole way through here, is really significant. The natural improvement in guys like Clark stepping into more midfield roles, what Higgins does for us as well. So there's there's certainly reasons for improvement. Uh, it depends on uh, if and when we get Ryder back. How much of an ongoing issue is the the situation for Marshall? That does he only miss a couple of games, not miss a beat, and then continue on the the way he is? The fixture is hard, as we've spoken about, but you never know how hard a fixture is until you see how good teams are. Uh, you can think you have a good fixture and you don't. You can think you have a bad fixture and you don't. Um, we obviously anticipate that Port Adelaide and Richmond and West Coast and Geelong are going to be good ti- good teams and we have to play them twice. But there's a lot of factors in it. But if you're asking sides that are definitively better than us, there shouldn't be a lot of them. There, there are sides that are in the group with us, but we shouldn't be a cut below certain teams um, or b- behind many teams rather. Um, I agree on Max King. I mean, he should be hopefully progressing up to mid forties, 50 goal season, potentially at his very, very best. If he was to kick two goals a game and have a 44 goal year or thereabouts, I think that would be really significant. And I'd love to see, even though Jack Steele clearly the favorite, I would love to see Brad Hill. If Brad Hill wins our best and fairest and plays the majority of games, then we're going to be a pretty serious team. Um, Cause he was probably our 14th best player last year. You think on talent, he's in our best three, but he was probably our 14th best performed player. And we made the finals and won a final. So um, you think of the, the difference that he would make to us going forward. So, yeah, I, I echo most of the sentiments, but I think how good we can be depends on the likes of Hill, Clark, Gresham, Membry, and what we get out of them compared to, say, 12 months ago. Uh, and then uh, the natural improvement in the likes of Bytel, Max King, etc. cetera. But uh, fingers crossed that uh, we, we take the chances that we need to take early on in the piece. Boys, it's been great to reconvene. We're on the eve of another season. We have to scramble this one together. There's been uh, setbacks and, and a few things that have happened over the last uh, over the last few days, but we've got ourselves there and probably sums up St Kilda's pre-season. It, it's been relatively smooth, but a couple of setbacks uh, in the form of injuries, but we, we get to the line with a with a live chance to, to kick it all off this weekend. So uh, we look forward to episode two next week, hopefully reflecting on a win and, and looking towards our first home game. Yeah, it's, it's easy to get to get bogged down by those setbacks, as, as you mentioned, and you know, apologies to, to the listeners who were getting messages for the last few weeks asking when we were going to have our, our round one preview out and, and all that sort of thing. And, and we did have we did have a bit of uh, scheduling issues trying to trying to get the three of us around and trying to organise some guests. But you know it hasn't all been bad, Parco. One of the reasons that it was so <laughs> difficult to organise the schedule was that uh, that you got married. So congratulations to you, Thank and you. <laughs> uh, and hopefully all is all is well. And uh, good luck with with, uh, with your new family life. And uh, uh, like I said, it's easy to get bogged down with those setbacks, but uh, you gotta gotta look at the positives and focus on those good things in life. And uh, fingers crossed, we have a few more good things to celebrate over the next few weeks and months. Yeah, and that, that's right. That's the other part of where 2021 is hopefully different. Uh, we're, you know, we're going to weddings, we're, we're going away, we're watching the footy, we're going to the footy together. You spoke about walking across the bridge and and those sorts of things. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, that's a sign of things to come and that we have a year full of that type of stuff. But but H, enjoy uh, tomorrow and, and hopefully we can catch up at, at Marvel next week. Yes, looking forward to it. And yeah, we'll hopefully the team has a few inclusions next week and we'll have an inclusion of a couple of people on here. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Uh, today, tomorrow, and always, go Saints.